Well, good morning again. Happy New Year, right? Uh, so today we've got what's called a, a one-off sermon. And all that really means is it's not connected to the sermon from last week, and it's not connected to the sermon next week. It's just one sermon. Uh, and the reason is I wanted to start 2018 with a little bit of encouragement on uh, what it means to live as, as followers of, of Christ. And so, um, you know, that's what we're going to be doing today. But I also want to give you a, a little bit of what we're going to be doing this, this year. We typically preach expositionally, which means we take a passage of Scripture, uh, usually working through a book of the Bible, and we explain, this is what the text actually means. This is, you know, so you can understand it. We want you to understand it well so you can apply it to your life well. Uh, so let me just give you a bird's eye view of what we're going to be doing in 2018. Uh, starting next week, we're going to begin our first journey into the prophets. We've never touched the prophet book in preaching yet, uh, but we'll be in the book of Micah. Uh, and we're going to spend four weeks there, and then we're going to take a little break from Micah. And we're going to go uh, during this time of the year that the, the, the historical church is referred to as the season of Lent leading up to, to Easter. We're going to be looking at the seven sayings of, of Jesus on the cross. And then on Easter, what we're going to do is, can you guess what we're going to focus on? Yeah, the resurrection. You, you just, you have to. And then after that, we're going to finish up the book of Malachi. And, and then summer, we're going to get back into the Psalms. Every summer, we've been doing the summer Psalms. We're going to do that again. Pace we're on right now, we're going to finish that sometime in 2029. So mark your calendars. And then uh, in the fall, we're actually going to begin the Gospel of Luke. It is hard to believe, but here we are almost four years into this, and we have not preached through a gospel yet. Uh, we studied the Gospel of John in a Bible study when we first got started as a church plant. Uh, but this is our first time into a gospel, and i got to say, I am incredibly excited about going through Luke with y'all. It's going to be a great, great time. Uh, and so then, today, you probably want to know what the passage is. It is uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, but we're going to read all the way through verse 21 there, if you've got your, your Bible. So if you've got your Bible, open up there, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you don't have your Bible, you can just listen first century style. That just means you listen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The grass withers and the flower fades. Let's pray. Wonderful Father, thank you for the gift of another year. Thank you for the gift of a Savior, our, our Lord Jesus. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who resides in all here today, whose hope is in the gospel. Grant this morning an, an understanding of your word. Grant us hearts that desire to understand and apply and, and rest in your word. Renew our love for you as we remember your great love for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Raise your hand if you've begun 2018 with some sort of goal. And I say goal because I know some of you hate resolutions, right? 
Uh, a few of you, yeah, okay, more and more, waving slightly, slightly. Uh, anything, you know, lose weight, save money, read through the Bible, maybe less screen time, maybe more reading, things of that nature. I, uh, I saw Amy Shanahan asked on, uh, on Facebook, of all places, right, uh, if anyone's resolution this year was to spend more time on social media. Uh, I don't believe I didn't see an answer at first, so I don't know if you ever got one. Uh, probably not. That's not the kind of resolution we, we tend to make, is it? Just like I doubt any of you have set this resolution. You know, this year I am going to eat, you know, so many, uh, you know, this many boxes of Girl Scout cookies or anything of that nature. Uh, those are the resolutions we could probably keep, though. Um, and I, I know this. I know really even if you're the, the type of person who just hates New Year's resolution or the ones that think you're really creative and you're like, my only New Year's resolution this year is to have no New Year's resolutions. Bam. Um, you know, even if you're one of those who won't share them, just because you're, you're fairly certain that uh, you're going to, to fall off the wagon, you're going to fail before you know it, you know. Despite all of that, most people, whether they've set it down in paper and made it official or otherwise, use the new year as a time to set some, some new goals, something they want to change about themselves, something they want to change about their life. There's, there's just something about a, a new beginning. There's something about this, this blank slate that absolutely motivates us towards making these changes in our lives. Um, January 1st, Laura and I went to the gym, and apparently everyone else did also. We, we walked in the Genesis where we go, and, and no joke, there were three times as many people as we've ever seen. We just kind of stopped there and stared at the people for a while, and <clears throat> we're, we're shocked by it. Uh, and as the week progressed, it became less and less and less and, until it's already returned back to pretty much normal. Uh, and, and I imagine, you know, that many of them were, were like, you know, Laura, who, who tells me on Friday morning, no, this is day five, right? Day five of the year. Uh, and she gets up and she says, I feel like I've lost my momentum for 2018. <laughs> I thought, Laura, it's day five. And she said, yeah. <laughs> At some point, that moment hits us and we 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 take this blank slate right this brand new shiny blank slate and we absolutely just mess it up just all over it and that's why i'm i'm thankful that in the gospel we don't receive a blank slate that's not the message of the gospel what we receive is a a savior see it's, it's not your sins are forgiven so now try again it's, it's your sins are forgiven, now rest in him, rest in Christ. And, and so while I, I really love New Beginnings, you know, I, I long for 2018 to be a, a year that we as a covenant community seek the Lord with absolute abandon. I, I also want us to be sure that our motivation is, is not to earn his love, that it's not to, to warrant his forgiveness, uh, because you know, our, our seeking the Lord really flows from the truth that God has already sought us. He loves you as his very own. You know, just as, as God said to his, his people in Isaiah 43, 1, uh, there he says, thus says the Lord. <clears throat> That's how you know it's the Lord speaking, right? Uh, he says, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Christian, in the, in the gospel which you receive by grace through faith, God says the same thing to you. Fear not, Christian. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 
And, and what God does with us, right, as his own, as his own possession, is he makes something completely new. <clears throat> That's the point of our text here, right? Look at it. You see it before you, verse 17. If, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. So a number of you said you made New Year's resolutions, right? Or some sort of goal. How many of you this week uh, set any goals for what you were going to accomplish in 2017? That's not a typo or a speaker. I really mean 2017. Any of you? Not a, not a one. Uh, and we don't. We don't set goals for 2017 when it's 2018 because 2017 has gone. It's past. It's over. The, the old is gone. The, the, new has, the new is here. Okay, so um, it's important that we understand what's new in our passage. <clears throat> you know, we, we kind of just flippantly will assign that to anything we want at this point. But uh, it, it's important we know right from the start that not God. God's the same he has ever been. God's not what's new in this passage. Uh, I think we, we, we tend to talk as though the, the new covenant God is, is different, though, right? As though, you know, maybe God no longer has uh, any expectations, no, no desires for you, no, no sort of obedience is, is, is desired, you know, of your life. Kind of this idea of, of the law is just done, forget about it. But, but Jesus doesn't just forget about the law. I, I think, you know, it's good that we understand this, that Jesus fulfills the law. He absolutely fulfills the law. We've we got to remember that the, the law of God that is given in the scriptures, right? Um, the law of God given in the scriptures reflects the character of God. It reflects his holiness. It reflects, uh, and, and one of the things we know is that God's character has not changed at all. But, but something's changed here. Something's new. See, when, when God gives faith in Jesus, he changes you. That, that's the point here. You know, but B.C., before Christ, uh, not historically dating speaking, but before Christ in your life, uh, it, you, you know, you, you either were rebelling against God, right? I, I see what you want me to do, God, and I don't care. Or, or <clears throat> you were, uh, you know, treating it in, in that sense. And the rebellion, it's like, uh, you know, treating it like Canadian law. It has no jurisdiction over me. I'm American. Get your Canadian laws away. Uh, you know, it's that rebellion kind of idea. Or on the other hand, perhaps you tried to keep God's law in your own strength. And, and so you were so, you know, it, uh, felt so good about this that you absolutely exclude yourself from this, this title of people that you might consider to be sinners. You see, God changes us. We are, we're no longer rebels on the one hand, and we're no longer self-righteous on the other hand. But united to Christ, we are new creations. And we indeed seek to obey God's word, but for different reason and by different means. Uh, we do so out of love and, and gratitude. We, we do so in the strength of the, the Holy Spirit, not our own strength. Let me, let me put it this way. When, when you come to God's word and you begin to read and you, you see what he, what he calls us to, do you, do you feel like he has heartlessly given you an impossible list of rules that you simply cannot keep? Is that what you feel? Is that what you read and see? Um, is that your view of God? Or, or, or do you rightly come to see God as, as your gracious Heavenly Father who loves you, truly loves you and accepts you on the basis of, of Jesus' keeping the law in your place? Because that's, that's the truth. That, you know, that's the, the gospel truth that will indeed set you free. 
So I want to talk about uh, this, this new creation that you are if your faith is in Christ. Uh, and and you know, I'll preface this, please don't misunderstand verse 17 here, uh, because too often I, I think we read Scripture like this. And if I'm honest, I do this. I will come to Scripture, and my first response is to kind of come to it in this way. I'll, I'll hear something like, uh, Brian, you should be a new creation. And so get to work becoming that new creation. Um, and in that moment, I, I'm as bad as, as Satan in the garden, twisting the words of God. Because that's not what it says. If you've got your Bible open, you can see for yourself. What it says is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You see, if, if Jesus is your hope today, if, if Jesus is who you believe in to forgive your sin, then you are a new creation. It's not an invitation to make yourself one. You, you are. That's, that's a gospel reality, a, a truth that is. Um, so let me give you a, a few ways that this, this works out. And again, this is not a list of, of things you can do to become a new creation, but a list of who you already are, a, a reminder of, of what Christ has done in your life, that as a new creation in Christ, you might not even be aware of this some days, and that's why it's good to, to go through some of these things. And uh, So if indeed God, who has made you um, a new creation, then verse 18 is, or rather, it is God who has made you a new creation. That's what I want you to understand. You see that, that all of this is from God, right? From God. It's not things you bring to God. It's from God. And, and so here's a few of them. Uh, number one, because our triune God, our Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our triune God, because he has made you a new creation, he is now your Lord. He is your King. That means he unseats any people, any things that have previously had a role in your life as your Lord. See, no longer are you primarily a people pleaser, but you are God pleaser. He is your king and your loyalties belong to God. And, and I think this is a, a, freeing, a freeing thing to know. Just embrace the, the freedom and the simplicity of knowing whose voice it is you're to listen to, whose, whose will it is you are to seek. Number two, in a related way, you know, being a new creation gives you uh, a new identity. Once uh, God gave uh, Saul new eyes of faith, he also gave him a new name. He was no longer identified as Saul, but as Paul, the Apostle Paul. See, your name hasn't changed like that, but your identity certainly has. You are a child of God. Don't let that just blow past you. You are a child of, of God. Really, you are. Uh, you know, spend a little time this time, or this year, just meditating on what it means that you are truly a child of, of God in faith. And with your new identity, God also gives you new emotions, that you love God, and, and uh, you know, it, it, that's a gracious work of God in your life, that you can love God. Uh, he's now given you a love for fellow Christians. You might think not always, right? But you do. It's quite an amazing thing that you can have love for a brother and sister in Christ that you have very little in common with apart from Jesus. It's just as First uh, John 4, 7 teaches us, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God, and he knows God. He's even given you a heart that is capable of loving strangers, of loving enemies. That's part of your new creation. N number four, because... In divine love, God remade you into a new creation. He has enabled you to treasure the scriptures. 
to, to know that indeed this, this is his word, to, to trust them, and as Paul puts it in Romans 7.22, to, to delight in them, to delight in them. Uh, fifth, as a new creation, there is a new desire for holiness, for what pleases God. And I know you say something like that, and you might be thinking internally, well, not always, you know. But even the fact that you're aware of the discrepancy between the sin you actually commit and, and, and the holiness that you desire, even the fact that you're aware of that, that's a work of the Holy Spirit within you. And, and whose presence is, is also a result of God making you a new creation. Number six, as a new creation, you have a new family. The, the church and its members are a family for you. We, we often use the, the term uh, covenant community or covenant family interchangeably. And, and the more you, you know that this is truly a, a family for you, the, the more I hope you'll begin to make margin in your lives for each other. The more I, I pray that you'll take these protective walls down that we put around ourselves that, you know, that prevents our brothers and sisters from truly getting to know us. In other words, you, you have this family, and it's a, a safe place, you know. No matter what your biological family is, it might be a safe place too, and that's wonderful. But, you know, your church family is a, a safe place, not so you can get comfortable in your sin, but so you can have support as you seek to mortify your sin, to kill it. Um, seven, this is a big one. As a new creation in Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave to sin. Romans 6, 6 states this. It says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. You no longer must tolerate or excuse sin, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit, sin can be put to death. Even habitual sin that has plagued you for as long as you can remember. Um... I think, un unfortunately, often as Christians, we, we function like, like elephants. I probably need to explain that, right? Um, in the circus, they would, uh, they would train these baby elephants. They would, uh, when they were young, they would put a rope around their neck and tie it to a peg or some kind of pole that would be hammered into the ground. And the baby elephant would pull against it and could not budge this peg because it's still a baby elephant. Well. Baby elephants have an incredible memory. Uh, all elephants do. And so uh, as the baby would, would grow, it would get to a point when it could easily pull the peg out of the ground. It could easily escape. And, and then as adults, though, they remember that they can't pull that peg out of the ground, and so they give up even trying. Uh, they, they, they feel they're too weak, and so they don't even bother to do that. I think sometimes as, as Christians, we, we come that way. We think, I, I tried that before, and I failed before, so why bother? Uh, these, these growing elephants are wrong, absolutely wrong, and so are you if you don't believe, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, that you can put to death that practice of any particular sin that has enslaved you, whether we're talking about a short time or we're talking about an incredibly long time in your life. Number eight, because God has made you a new creation, you are, as verse 18 says, reconciled to God. We were enemies of God. That's our, our natural disposition, our natural place. R.C. Sproul once said, uh, if God were not so holy and we were not so sinners, or so sinful, perhaps we could get along. 
But we are sinful, and God is holy. And yet our relationship with God, because of Jesus, because of the gospel, has changed from, from one of conflict to, to one of reconciliation, one of restoration, one of, one of peace and redemption. That's the result of, uh, uh, the results in what we see in verse 20 there, where it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, because we are new creations, we are ambassadors. We are proclaiming this message of hope. We are proclaiming this message of, of, of reconciliation. See, that's why as, a, as the church, as, as Christians, we don't just proclaim mere moralism. What I mean is you don't just, you know, we don't just come with this message of, hey, you know, stop sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or hey, stop stealing from your employer. Rather, we implore others to be reconciled to Christ. Those are things we want to see happen, but, but as a result of the work of God in their life, not instead of the work of God in their life. Um, in, in our words, it, it, you know, our, our message is something like this. You know, you're, you're not at peace with God who created you, but you can be. You really can be. You know, in that verse there, you, you have a beautiful four-word summary of the gospel. Be reconciled to God. Let me remind us of uh, one more thing this morning. You are a new creation, but you are not perfect. Not yet. You won't be until the Lord returns. Uh, and I say that so we know better than to pretend to be. I mean, do you ever talk about your sin with anyone? Really? Not just, hey, I'm a sinner too, you know. Uh, you know, or, or do you give your friends, do you give your, your spouse and your children the idea that that you have it all together. You know, uh, someone recently shared with us how she used to be afraid to take the Lord's Supper because she didn't have it all together. But, but now she knows that she needs the encouragement of the Lord's Supper precisely because she doesn't have it all together. But that's, that's who she needs to go to, to the Lord. And, and, I, and I say this, you know, I want to be careful. You don't think I'm, I'm trying to make little of holiness. Not at all. We are called to pursue holiness and the strength of the Holy Spirit. But I, I tell you this as we begin 2018 in the hope that you're, you're going to live by grace and pursue living right, living from a position of someone who knows, truly knows that God loves you and has already graciously forgiven you. Even if your life is absolutely cattywampus. And so then this New Year's, and I kind of already admit it, but uh, you probably know I'm an absolute sucker for New Year's because it's this natural place. I came up to the New Year actually, you know, stuffing my face with food, thinking on the first, that's the day I'm going to start eating healthy. Right? So far, so good. But I know that I'm going to fall off the wagon one day. Maybe today. Um, <laughs> but it's just this natural place where, where we kind of reflect on the last year and, you know, that year stunk, but this year is going to be amazing. Or, but, it, but it forces us to, to evaluate what's important to you, changes you do want to make. And, and so I, I kind of thought as a church, you know, what, what would be a, a good goal for us this year? What would God have us to do as a covenant community or seek this year? And, and one of the verses I came across was 2 Peter 3.18, uh, you don't need to turn over there, but you might jot it down if you want. Second Peter 3.18. And it gives us this great goal. It says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To grow in grace and knowledge. 
Uh, you know, knowledge, you know, now, how, uh, <clears throat> how do we grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus? And, you know, scripture for sure. You want to know God? Seek him in the word. But be careful that it doesn't become a mere checklist. And I, I say that because this is also the time of year where you start the new Bible in a year thing, right? Here I go, and, and before you know it, you're eight weeks behind, and, or, or you're starting to go. And, and, I, and I'll tell you this, Bible in a year plans are fantastic, except for the in the year part of that right? Um, Because you can use it for a guide to actually read all of scripture, but as as someone who's been called to shepherd you, I'd much rather you take five years of reading it slow and actually know what you read and actually meditated on what it said and to think about how does this apply to my life? What does this mean for me? Than for you to get to December 31st and be able to check it off and be like, wahoo! Also, I, I, I want our growth in knowledge to be more than, than simply head knowledge so that we truly know Jesus. You know, just like I, I, I don't want to every year that goes by to just simply know more about my wife, right? I know what you eat. I know, you know, that'd be creepy if it's just information like that. But I, it's to actually know her more personally, to understand her, to relate with her. And so Second Peter also calls us to grow in grace. And growing in grace, this is about our remembrance, about our enjoyment of the gospel. This means, you know, preaching the gospel to yourself. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, you know, to, to preach the gospel day in and, and day out. And as we grow in our understanding of grace, our assurance of our salvation becomes stronger and, and more sure. So you can go to bed at night and sleep, not staying up worrying about what happens when you die and some of those scary thoughts, but, but confident that the end of your life is just the beginning of, uh, of your eternal life with God and his people. To grow in, in grace means to meditate on passages like Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or Hebrews 4.16, let us, let us <clears throat> with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Or Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or one more, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. I know I already said one last thing, but I got one last thing after the last thing. Um, one last bit of encouragement, I hope, as, as we embark on this new year. The, the, the Christian life, I kind of need to know this, the Christian life is lived in the mundane of day-to-day. Overwhelmingly, change happens and character develops and faith grows over the course of a thousand small moments that seem like nothing, not one huge life-altering event. See, most people don't keep their New Year's resolutions. A lot of people have already lost them. And, and, and most people come down from the mountaintop experiences that we have, the, the spiritual jubilations that we might get from, from retreats or conferences or, or some big moment in our, in our life. But uh, it doesn't make those things wrong. They can be wonderful in our lives. They can be a great encouragement. But there's also real value in following the Lord right where you are today. Getting up tomorrow and taking care of your family, there is value in that. Praying for a friend, not just in front of your friend, but praying for a friend, there's value in that. You know, just giving patience to someone 
when you're absolutely certain that you have run out of patience. Value in that. See, yesterday I, I walked, well, I walked almost 10,000 steps. I know because this thing on my wrist tells me. Uh, I'm not bragging, right? That's not really an accomplishment. My grandma can do 10,000 steps. Um, my, my point is that not a single of those steps was memorable. Ask me about any of them. There wasn't one that was huge and one that was small. There wasn't, it wasn't like, that was the step that changed, you know. There wasn't anything memorable about any of those steps. And yet, together, they, they make a difference in my life. Together, they actually make up my life. You know, my, my health is stronger. My, uh, you know, that's the way this works. That's the Christian life, you know, gathering to worship the Lord week after week. Opening the scriptures to meet with the Lord day after day. Praying to God even when tired and worn out and no idea what to say. God is working in the mundane. You know, we, we, we want to know what, you know, the, the same thing that the author of Lamentations knew when he wrote in chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. See, as we begin a new year, it's good to know that there is nothing magical about January 1st. It's not that God's mercies are new on New Year's Day. God's mercies are new all 365 days that we're going to face this year. This year is going to have ups and downs in your life. There are going to be unexpected joys. There's going to be unexpected sorrows. You're going to have triumphs. You're going to have failures. Things uh, will begin. Other things will come to an end. But, but through it all, we will want to remember the words of God who says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, listen to this, this is the last thing. You want to remember these words. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. That's the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Father, we know that until the Lord returns, we saints will always know the taste of sin in our lives. But Lord, the power of that sin has been destroyed. You have defeated it. And you've not just refurbished us, but created us into new creations altogether. May we understand more clearly this new year that our identity is in Christ. And so we have not the debt that we have earned, but the forgiveness and the blessings that Jesus has earned on our behalf. Lord, teach us to rest in the Savior and to run with, the, with strength and the faith that you provide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.